You are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM, and you are joined by myself, Lawson, as well as my lovely, incredible, amazing co-host, Shell. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. It's Monica. Monica, how are you? I am good as gold. How are you, my friend? I'm just kicking goals. Do you know what? I'd be even better if you sung the Haystack song. No. Like, I, I well... Did this just really, it, the support really died. No, this, do you know what? Movement. Give well, me a good reason why you won't sing it. I don't know. I for just, someone who's always at the ready to grab his guitar and sing a little song for whoever wants to hear it, you're being surprisingly coy right now. I'm actually, I'm quite... Why so shy? I'm quite coy with this song because I think it's like a comedy thing. Oh. And, and it's like, also, I think the other aspect of it is that I, um, you know how there's that, I, I talked about the Ed Sheeran lawsuit happening. There are multiple <laughs> spots in this song where I steal melodies oh, and lyrics yeah, true, from yeah. and from references. other artists. Now, is that does that necessarily a problem if it's a parody that I don't make any money off? I'm like, no. But then I'm just like, oh, I don't know. This, this is... Do you know what, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to hear the Haystack song, go on to Instagram and go check out my account because I have the full version of it. I think I think my other big point is that just like no one wants me to sing it. That's, that's there's such like, a there's lie. Like two Literally, people. every that's, there's, like there's two way more than two, people. and everyone wants to hear it. Mon, oh, Mon Mon Monster is my Insta <laughs> handle. You I can, just like, got check a, it out. I, just, I just got a text message from Vagantha. We know Vagantha here. Yeah, the yeah. I met She's her like, yesterday. We want haystacks. It, amen, Vagantha. <laughs> so even your personal number is being blown up by people wanting to hear the haystack song. I think. Do you know what? It's unanimous. Crack out the guitar. Right now. Right now. Okay. Yeah. Hang on, let's get DJ Shell's approval. We got the nod, do it. Okay, well, we need to do some setup here. So you need to swing. If you want to mute that okay, microphone, I'm gonna Shell. Swing over. Okay, we're going to swing this microphone over. Shell, uh, Shell, she can speak in microphone three. I'll speak in microphone I three. There we go. Down All right. Lawson is going to sing the infamous, ha- the famous haystack. Luckily, because ha- I, I did that. I did that in Ed Sheeran. Like, I did the lawsuit thing on, on Monday. So the guitar's, so in, the guitar's tune. in tune, hopefully. So, do you need more time? Do you want me to fill? Uh, Haystacks have like nacho corn chips on the bottom and then they have like lettuce and. I'll, I'll learn about what's in it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, song. yeah, that's right. You sing the ingredients basically. Well, this a lot is, of them. Do you know what? Get out your pen and paper, listeners, because you're about to have a recipe sung to you, essentially. Oh, yeah, someone said they'll donate $2 for this song. <laughs> I, feel like a, I feel like a busker. Yeah. <laughs> well, you should put your hat upside down on the desk. <laughs> All right. So this is this is the the haystack song. It's a rat, if you didn't know. So Monica, you got you actually have to help me oh, um, no. and and sing the chorus with me. Okay. So so here we go, guys. I don't think I remember it. Go on. <laughs> you, you, it's pretty easy. It's just the word haystacks over and over again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can't believe yeah. we're doing this. <laughs> hey, my name is Lawson and I'm 24 years old. Yo, I like to eat haystacks even when they're cold. Yo, haystacks, that's my favorite meal. I'm a seventh day Adventist, so you know the deal. You get your chips, corn, lettuce, and your beans. Mix it all together and you know what that means. You got a super healthy meal that's mega extreme and the taste. That's a Sevy's dream. Ah, oh, haystacks. Yeah, you gotta sing now. Haystacks. And she's shaking her head. Haystacks. Yeah, Shell. Haystacks. All right, here we go. Uh, the, oh, wait, hold on. The next lyrics. Uh, okay, here we go. Yep. Hey. 
Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Eat haystacks with guacamole. Ravioli, ravioli, ravioli. We have the best haystack for muoli. I put salsa on my haystacks. It tastes better, yeah. That is a true fact. Jesus, number one in my heart. Haystacks, number two in my heart. Beans, beans, very good for your heart, yo. Me and my haystacks, you never pull us apart. I got making haystacks down to a fine art. And as you can tell, my haystack consumption's off the chart. Ah, uh, haystacks, hey, haystacks, woo, hey, haystacks, hey, <laughs> haystacks. I love Shell's vocals. Okay. <laughs> All right, last verse. Doritos and Fritos, but never any Cheetos. If you've got beetroot, yo, you get my vetoes. Went to Avondale to get my diploma on how to induce a haystack food coma. My haystacks bring all the seekers to the church, and I'm like, visitors go first. Got your chips at the front, vegan cheese at the back, and you mix it all together to make a fat stack. Oh, haystacks! Hey! Haystacks! Woo! Haystacks! Yeah! <laughs> haystacks! Uh, I eat haystacks! Yeah! I like haystacks! Uh, my favorite meal is haystacks! Come to my place and get some haystacks! Yeah! Love it! <laughs> that was so good! By my, my, by my place, I mean my church. So, yeah. so, so. <laughs> the applause. Amazing, thank you. So, uh, so yeah, that that's the song. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Do you know yeah, what? I do you think that you need to add a verse? About, oh, okay. Like, yep. You have to add a verse about using Spanish olives because it's a Mexican dish. Yeah. <laughs> Don't give me those Greek oh. olives on my haystacks. I love Greek olives, but it doesn't you, work on a haystack. I, I feel you. I actually, um, I have often done a monologue. Mm. Like for the fourth verse of the song, I just felt like cutting it short there. But I do a monologue about how you should never crush the chips. <laughs> so, so if you can imagine haystacks, there's like chips on the bottom and then beans on the top of the chips and then salad yeah. on top of the yeah. beans. And then you put like your salsa and like and vegan cheese. I, I eat vegan cheese or like you know coconut cheese yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, not co- um um cashew cashew cheese mm-hmm. on the top. Uh, so that's the kind of layers. Now, what I do is that you use the... You use... I'm just laughing at all the uh, text messages coming. I think we've broken the uh, the internet here. We've got so many text messages. <laughs> I like Alan's one. Well done, Brother Lawson. But could you repeat it as I didn't get all the ingredients? <laughs> Sorry, you were saying... That's so funny. On the podcast. But yeah, sure. Listen to the podcast. But um, so... When there's chips on the bottom and beans and, yeah, and salad, yeah, yeah. so you use the chip as like a, a natural spoon, spoon yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And you have everything on the chip and you lift it up and put it in your mouth. It's like the best. It's like the best. I, but you, then there are some absolute like crazy stuff out there where people like crush the chips up and then eat it with a knife and fork. I'm like, that is, that's insane. I will never support that. In fact, we've got a text message coming through from Brayden. He says, what, Lawson? No crushed chips? I guess that's because I like using forks to eat my haystacks. And that is where you're wrong, Brayden. Nah, see, I, I, no I get... no nachos. You're trying to make it a nacho. It's, a, it's more of a taco salad. 
I, I wrote the song about haystacks and now I'm being pressed. <laughs> about- <laughs> no, look, I, I understand both. I, I get using, a, I get using a, a chip as a fork, but I also understand nice being up, used, you know, proper utensil and getting a little bit of everything in your mouth, which mm. is when you're crushing it comes in handy. So I do think you're wandering into dangerous territory because I feel like you're going to split the audience here. No, so, so this is the cool thing is that you eat with the chips, but then anything you have left because you won't get everything right, on chips. Right. Then you just add more chips. Okay. But what, then, are, what are there out of chips? Sometimes you can't then, go back for oh, chips. Oh, then a knife and fork. But it's like by that point, I don't know, I don't want like crushed up little pieces of Doritos. Man, we're, we're really... Dude. <laughs> we're sorting this out, aren't we? <laughs> uh, Sky writes in, who do I make the $2 out to? Keep it, Sky. <laughs> <laughs> Stick it in the offering basket on, on, on Sabbath. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Support your local church. Support church ministries. Such a fun song. Thanks, Lawson. Your next, Monica. Oh, yes. No, I don't have it. Yeah. I've never written a song in my life. But there's a song you can sing, surely. Happy birthday. <laughs> surely there's a song you can sing. 100%. Suzanne, you know, I thought we were friends, but I'm not so sure now. He can't dob me in for singing. I literally cannot sing. I'm a terrible singer. Yeah, I'm sorry, absolutely. Suzanne. But yeah, I mean, it's just that it's just this cute little song. I actually wrote it with uh, one of my friends, Harley. And at the time, I, I don't know if she deserves a writing credit, but Anna Beden was around at the time, and mm-hmm. we were kind of singing like a chorus. We didn't. In fact, the fun thing about the song is that there's the chorus is just singing haystack. So I always get a different person to come up and. And sing a different hey, a different chorus. Like they can just make up whatever they want. Uh, I'll just you know one of my friends. Um, and so, but whenever Anna Beden's in town or in my vicinity doing some concert or whatever, uh, she often she she calls me up. She's like, "All right, Lawson, come out. It's haystack time." Yeah, nice. Which is Love which it. is cool. So, oh, th- thanks for the text. Everyone's enjoying this. But yeah, haystacks off the chart. Um, <laughs> Bro killing it. I just heard a dog howl down here in Port Kembla. <laughs> Mexican waves. <laughs> and so many people getting the uh, getting the quiz right. Good on you. Good on you. In fact, I don't think I've seen a single wrong answer. So if you text it in, you're pretty much all correct with the, uh, the quiz Wait, answer. do we do the quiz? Do we do the, okay, quick, like a five seconds. No, no, no. You don't have five seconds. You, oh, you have a little uh, bit more a time. stamp. Yeah, yeah. hang on. <laughs> You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. Okay, I'm going to give you the... Is this the final clue for the quiz? No, it's the second second last. Okay, second last. Okay, what number and I... Oh, this is really easy. Come on now. The number of years the Israelites were made to wander in the desert. Very famous number of years. Israelites wandering around the desert. Hey, people are saying thank you so much for your song, Lawson. Someone suggested it might make the kids eat better. Do you know what? I reckon it would. If you sung that song to your kids every night while you served them salad on, on, on Doritos, they might get into it. Um, Dude, it, it kind of, the song for me kind of is in the vein. It's a little bit different, but like of a fruit salad type song. Like Fruit Salad by The Wiggles. Oh, yeah. Like Fruit Salad, I love that song because it tells you why you should eat fruit salad, mm-hmm. how you eat fruit salad. Like, it tells you the ingredients, then yep. how to eat it, yep. then how to clean up. 
Yeah, oh, does it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like great. put your peels in the bin, <laughs> wash the <laughs> dishes. Um, and so I'm, I'm like, it's such a fantastic kids song because of that reason. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I was. Sky's just written something else that I actually completely agree with. She said, "P.S. Everyone can sing. It's been proven to me. Trust me." Do you know what, Sky? I absolutely agree with you because mm. I've, I've read in the book, um, the voice and speech and song by E.G. White, that the Lord has given everybody the talent of voice. You just have to cultivate it and learn it. So absolutely. it is actually a skill that everyone can learn. Music is something everyone can learn. They just have to um, yeah. practice it. So I guess what I should say, Sky, is not that I can't sing, it's that I don't sing. <laughs> and that's for your benefit. <laughs> hey, well, that's going to be pretty tough when we get to heaven. Yeah, well, do you know what? Lord's going to give me new vocals. <laughs> I, it's my fault, Sky. I have never taken the time to cultivate um, any singing But didn't you talent. hear? Didn't you hear what Jennifer Skews said? Yeah, yeah. Sure. Neuroplasticity. Mm-hmm. In yeah. fact, it'll it'll change your. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I actually was going to learn how to sing this year because um, I lost all my uh, tools for hobbies, um, but I haven't gotten around to it yet. So. Yeah. Mm. I sing in the shower occasionally. Anyway. Anyway, let's move on. Let's get into our 20 million movement Bible mm-hmm. study. Uh, this has been a really great uh, series of studies. I think today we're going to be talking about the Messiah. Well, so, so we've been doing throughout this week, we've been talking about Daniel chapter eight mm. and how, cause we've been looking at the three cosmic messages mm-hmm. And one of the biggest aspects of the cosmic messages is the idea of judgment. Now, last week was all about the judgment, but this week is about how it is that this Bible prophecy in Daniel chapter 8 ties into the judgment. Now, we've been making our way through the judgment so far, well, through this through this prophecy so far, and we got up to yesterday that we saw this little horn coming out of this. So you, you had a ram, and this ram had two horns. Now, the Bible is speaking in prophetic language it's using symbols to to represent what it's trying to say and thankfully the bible always interprets itself Mm. so it's like hey that ram that you saw it's already given us in daniel chapter 7 um some insight saying that animals in bible prophecy equal nations then it says hey that ram that you saw is actually medo-persia yeah and it's two horns represent the 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 two sides of the kingdom uh, the medes and the persians then we came to the goat and we see this goat. So a new nation comes on the scene. It destroys Medo-Persia. And it says that it has this great notable horn. And in its interpretation, in Daniel chapter 8 and verse 21, it says, that is the kingdom of Grecia or Greece. And that large horn between its eyes is its first king, which we know to be Alexander the Great. Yeah. yeah and, and I gave <clears throat> some a little bit of historical insight yesterday as to how it was that Alexander the Great united the kingdoms, the city-states of Greece, and then marched from Greece to India, basically taking everything along the way. And on his way back to then go and take the West, uh, died from either poisoning or alcoholism or, you know, there's a few, yeah. there's a few theories, a few theories, yeah. a few theories surrounding it. Uh, after he died, he then, it, the kingdom divided into four, the Seleucids, uh, Lysimachans, uh, the Ptolemy and the Cassanders. And it, it divides in this way. And the, you, you then have the four major regions of Greece. And it was that after these four major regions of Greece, it says that then this little horn comes up and then grows exceedingly great and takes out all this land. Now, we talked about the antis- uh, the not the anticipation, sorry, but the interpretation of the little horn. A lot of people particularly those who subscribe to a preterist view of prophecy of Bible prophecy say that the little horn is Antiochus Epiphanes, Mm -hmm. who was a Seleucid military leader. 
Uh, and they say this because it gives some information here about this little horn. It says that uh, he cast down, you know, the host of heaven and he and he um, opposed the daily sacrifices. And they're like, oh, uh, Antiochus Epiphany antagonized the Jews and um, desecrated the temple by, I think he sacrificed a pig or something in the, in the oh. earth, in the earthly temple, which is really disgusting and yeah. gross. Uh, but we actually see quite clearly that Antiochus Epiphanes, although he did those two things, he doesn't fit the rest of the prophecy because the rest of the prophecy about this, or the rest of the information that we're given about this little horn is that this little horn grows up to be a, a power greater than Greece that's before it. Mm-hmm. Antiochus Epiphanes was subjugated by the Romans, like fully. Like he was a terrible general. He actually, he is where we derive the saying, draw a line in the sand. Is it? Because the Rome, as it's a republic, but growing in its uh, influence and stature, there's there's this scene where they, they meet at a certain section and Antiochus Epiphanes wants to start to war against the Romans and the Romans draw a line in the sand and they're like, if you cross this sand... You, if you cross this line, you're then at war with us and then we'll get the other um, Greek regions against you. And, wow. and Antiochus Epiphany stands there and has a bit of a hissy fit and then walks off. Like, And, and so it's an interest, a very, very interesting story. But that is Antiochus Epiphany's one of one of his biggest uh, contributions <laughs> to history. Because, again, other than that, like he was fully, like he was a nobody. Yeah. At the end of the day. And he was also an, a nepo, like a nepotism leader. Like, oh, okay. you know, he wasn't, he wasn't an Alexander the Great. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a Julius Caesar. He wasn't one of these great leaders who did this or that or the other. Like he was installed because his father was a king and did nothing with it. He didn't expand his land. He didn't, he, he just simply can't be this little horn, especially when it says that the little horn, it waxes or it, it expands northward and and eastward and to the and southward into the direction of the holy land like it just simply doesn't do that antiochus doesn't do that but you know who does do that the roman empire and that's traditionally who we if we if we look at a pattern here within the book of daniel we look at daniel chapter two and you've got these different medals and the bible says oh these different medals in this statue represent different nations along a timeline. And it's like Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome. We then come to Daniel chapter 7 and we see these different beasts and it's pretty clear Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome. And then we come to Daniel chapter 8 and we see that Babylon is omitted because we're coming to the towards the end of the Babylonian era. But we see Medo-Persia represented by the ram, Greece represented by the goat. And then finally, this last important character that grows up to be powerful than the two more powerful than the two uh the two um nations before it it you would have to say okay going on the the rules of interpretation here it's it's rome it has to be rome yeah but it's rome represented in an interesting capacity because it's it's looking at this little horn which is not unfamiliar to those who have read the book of daniel up until this point daniel chapter 7 is all about the little horn and then eventually the judgment of the little horn and the little horn is actually the first representation that we see in the bible of what we would call the antichrist uh the the antichrist power which is the antichrist is the institution that stands up against jesus's followers throughout history uh and you know there are those who believe that the antichrist will only appear and come to fruition just before Jesus, you know, returns 
after the secret rapture. They say that there's a seven-year period there that the Antichrist functions in. But I don't agree with that view because it would be Paul that would say that the power of the Antichrist is already at work today. True, 100%. He, uh, and 100%. and uh, I'll, um, in, in our next section, we're going to be doing a bit more of an overview before our song uh, after our song break here, we're going to be doing an overview of who this power could possibly be and, and all the different aspects of it. But if it's already working, if the if the spirit of the Antichrist and the power of the Antichrist is already working in Paul and Peter and the Apostles' time, because Peter would reference the Antichrist, John is one of the biggest references of the Antichrist, if that power is already working during his time, you can't say that it's then coming in a seven-year period after all the Christians are secret raptured away. Yeah, it's it doesn't just, make any sense. It's impossible to say so. Now, opponents against what I'm saying say, oh, it's the spirit of the Antichrist. But I would say, no, they literally say the Antichrist power. Like, the falling away needs to happen first. This Antichrist power, it's already working at that time. And if we have a historicist view of Bible prophecy, and we're reading in Daniel chapter 8, it's already working here as well. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And as I said, we're going to continue our Bible study into looking at this little horn. But before we look at the little horn, we are going to have another clue for the quiz. The final clue the for the quiz. The final clue. What number am I? The Lord told Noah he would send rain on the earth this many days and nights. The Lord told Noah he would send rain on the earth this many days and nights. It's getting super easy now. Even kids would know that one. 0491064669. You can state it or star it and be in the draw for Friday's um, big wheel, spin wheel for the Revive Cafe Cookbook Volume 8. Mm-hmm. You are listening to The Breakfast Show. Hey, we've got some text messages in, in from one of our listeners, George. And I want to say, George, we're going to get you in the next section because I'd love to talk about what you're talking about. I want to finish off our Bible study. And then in, we actually have a section, it's titled, it's called Text Messages and Final Thoughts, and we'd love to talk to you about it. There is a a conversation about music. Uh, But before we get into that, we are going to continue to look at this little horn. And what I want to do right now is not, we could do a Bible study on the little horn and my, I could assert who it is at the end of that Bible study. You know, the, the little horn, the Antichrist power is none other than this person. Right now, what I would rather do is lay out the... Um, just the identifying factors and then leave you guys in a place and, and just say to you, okay, like, who do you think it is? So that in the coming days, when we're considering Daniel chapter eight, and again, how it feeds into judgment, we can just have that perspective. Amen. Um, because it, the little horn is a prominent feature of Daniel eight. He's a prominent feature of Daniel seven, this antichrist power. And so I think it's just good for us to to touch on this, to try and understand it. A little bit, but then to continue on. So we're going to be doing so by, I'm going to go back a chapter to Daniel chapter seven. We see these four different beasts and we know that these are four different nations from Daniel's time coming one after the other. And the general consensus is that this is the nation of Babylon, which is represented by a lion, the nation of Medo-Persia, which is represented by a bear, the nation of Greece, which is represented by a leopard. And then finally, the nation of Rome, which is represented by this big, terrible beast that no man uh, could name you know it's it's that's how daniel describes it it's like a we we usually like depict it as some kind of dragon oh yeah um but it's like you know got these you know all these interesting features now then it gives information about this little horn that comes up out of this dragon now the bible makes it clear in daniel chapter 7 
and verse 24, it says, the ten horns, which are on this, like, Roman Empire beast, it's got these ten horns. It says, the ten horns are ten kings or kingdoms, and we know that these words are interchangeable with one another when we look at the original Hebrew as well. They're ten kings who shall arise from this kingdom, and they shall arise after them, and another shall arise after them different from these ones. So, it says that the Roman Empire, and then there are ten kingdoms that arise after it. Well, if we look historically, we can see that after the division of the Western Roman Empire in 476, ten nations of Europe sprouted up from there. And they had names like the, the Burgundies, the Lombards, the, Anglos, uh, the Saxons, you know, mm-hmm. the Ostrogoths, the Visigoths, the Heruli, the Vandals, different people like this. So... This is the the people that are that are right. These are the nations that are rising up, and we have words for them today, like the Alemanni, for example. We'd refer to as the Germans and Spaniards in Spanish still refer to Germans as not Germans, but as Alemanni. Mm, yeah, that's uh, true. Um, Alemanni, yeah, uh, yeah Alemanni and and, uh, and whatnot. You know, the Franks being the French and and those kinds of things. So we have all these different uh, nations rising up, but it says then after all of these nations rise up in 476, another, a little horn comes up. And it's like, okay, so you have then a starting date, 476, and it says after them a little horn rises up. So if we look at, okay, this Antichrist power, this little horn, from that description of little horn, we can get a few different things. Firstly, it's a nation. It's not a person. So therefore, it's some kind of nation or institution. Secondly, it's a little nation, but it exerts great power. Um, it says it shall be different from the first ones. And it then describes, I'm in verse 24, it says, and shall subdue three kings. So there are three nations destroyed immediately after 476, and they were the Heruli, the Ostrogoths, and the Vandals. And by 538 AD, they are completely destroyed. So then we can see, this gives us a bit of a time period, 476 to 538. Within that time period, this little horn institution, this power, this nation rises up from there and continues on in verse 25 in Daniel chapter seven. It says, he shall speak pompous words against the most high. Now the the closest translation that we have of this idea of pompous or boastful words is the word blasphemy. Mm. Now the word blasphemy is used in the Bible in a number of different contexts. And it was specifically used against Jesus in the context in, in two very specific contexts. Firstly, when Jesus claimed to be God, when he says, you know, before Abraham was, I am, he's accused of blasphemy, which is a clear, I, I want to get this out of the way too, because there are some people who don't believe in the Trinity uh, as a as a Trinitarian and as a person who reads the Bible. When Jesus says before Abraham was, I, I am. am, he is claiming to be God. That's right. Wholeheartedly. So before Abraham was, I am. The second one is when Jesus ha- claims to have the power to forgive sins. You know, he's having a dispute with the Pharisees and the Pharisee, and he says to the Pharisees, what's, what's, uh, you know, what is more, you know, fitting of the son of man that he says, I will forgive your sins or that he, you know, heals this man. But essentially what he's saying is like, yes, I have the, as the son of man, as the son of God, I have the power to forgive sins, which again, they claim to be blasphemous. So then if we look at this institution, if it's speaking pompous and boastful words, which are blasphemies, it would claim these two things. It would claim to have the sole ability to forgive sins and it would claim to be God. So we've got this little nation 
from Western Europe that that rose up between 476 and 538 AD that claims to have the ability to um, to be God, to be in God's place, and has the ability to forgive sins. After this, it says he shall, in verse 25, it says, shall persecute the saints of the Most High. So this power worked to persecute those who are earnestly trying to follow Jesus throughout its history. It says it shall intend to change times and laws. Now, this statement is interesting because if you are a nation, you have the right, if you're the king of a nation, you have the right to change basically any law within that nation, especially in a monarchical society. Like, who do you have to answer to? You're the king. But it says it shall intend to change times and laws, which indicates that it doesn't have the ability to change times and laws. And the only times and laws that it does, that no one has the ability to change is the times and the laws of God. It just wants to change them. It wants to change them. It tends to change them, but no one can change God's Mm -hmm. laws except God. Uh, So then it it intends to change God's laws. Then it says, the saint shall be given into his hand for a time, times, and half a time. Now this phrase, time, times, and half a time, it's a period of time that's referenced a number of in a number of different areas in the Bible, in fact, seven different areas in the Bible where it calls it time times half a time, three and a half years, 42 months, 1,260 days. Now, we know that the Bible gives us a principle in Bible prophecy of day for a year. You can read that very clearly in the book of Numbers, where in the book of Numbers we see the children of Israel have to stay in the nation of they have to stay in the wilderness, and I'm not going to give this away because I know it was one of our quiz clues today, but they have to stay in the wilderness for a certain period of years that is the same as the number of days that the spies went into the Holy Land. Mm. We see this used a number of different times. You know, Ezekiel laying on either side um, for a number of days to represent the number of years of rebellion of Israel. So a day for a year prophecy, it's something that's really clear in Bible prophecy as well. And so... Now we have gathered essentially a collection of evidence and indicators in regards to this Antichrist power. Let's go over them really quickly again. So it comes from Western Europe. It's a small nation, um, but it exudes great political power. It claims to be God and put itself in a position where it forgives sins. It persecutes God's people. It rose up between 476 and 538 and shall intend to change God's times and laws. And it will have a ruling period of 1,260 years, which if we go over to Daniel 7's parallel chapter in the book of Revelation, which is uh, Revelation chapter 13, it talks about the same power, and it says, after that period of time, the 1,260 years, it receives a mortal wound, which then it's healed from. Now, that's a lot of information, and as I said, I'm not going to tell you who this is. You might have some ideas already, but I do want to point you in a direction. I want you to jump online right now, go to Google, and type in, what is the smallest nation on earth? (laughs) And then consider whether that nation is a religio-political power that puts itself in the place of God and claims to have the ability to forgive sins and persecuted people and tends to change to God's times and laws. I want you to do that. It'll give you some insight. And and I want to license, give you license to go and then, you know, research it for yourself. I've given you some building blocks this morning um, that are not from me. They're from many theologians and Bible scholars and teachers who are considering this topic. In fact, on who the Antichrist is, pretty much all Protestants 400 years ago, saw saw it like this before the advent of futurism and preterism but yeah i give you full license and then tomorrow as we've cleared this little horn we're going to see okay how does this then relate to judgment in daniel chapter 8 you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different 
And Monica, we need some answers right now. What number am I? It was the number 40. Mm-hmm. 40 was the number of days Goliath taunted Israel. 40 is the number of days required by the Egyptians to balm a body. 40 is a chapter in Genesis that tells of Joseph interpreting the dreams of the cupbearer and the baker. It's the number of years Israel were made to wander the desert. And the Lord told Noah he would send rain on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. Congratulations to everyone who got it right. Uh, you were in the draw for uh, this Friday's big wheel spin. Mm, awesome. So, yeah, I wanted to say we've got some text message here that we want to talk about. Talk about, and um, we've got this. We we got a number of text messages from George, but I want to read uh, this one in in particular. It says, uh, "Lawson is dabbling in something he doesn't understand." Watch the distraction dilemma by Christian Vidal, episode four to six, for a greater understanding about the satanic influences in music. Uh, in music genres. Hope this helps you guys still love the show. And there was some other text messages he sent though as well. Just because uh, I think the mistake that I made was calling my song a, a rap, rap. Yeah. a rap. Now the the point that I think I want to make, George, is that in in a lot of what Christian Badal writes and what you're saying um, as well, he wrote, um, um, you know. There are writers who warn against using the things of the world to promote or evangelize anything of our God. Um, and in, I agree. Like I, in a lot of ways, I, I absolutely agree. If we, if we use, if we're using worldly influences and things that ultimately lead to sin mm. in, in order to promote God, we have, we have a problem. Yeah. And so I, I want to say on that front, I agree, but simultaneously, it's like the when I said that what I was playing was a rap, you know, the 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 connotations that come with the word rap or like hip hop music is often the culture surrounding that mm, of mm-hmm. rebellion, violence, and then listening to the music itself, which is really pump up music. The the song that I'm playing just now, there's there's no drum, there's nothing. It's just me with my guitar saying some words. If there was no guitar, it would be a poem. Yeah, and. There is literally a book in the Bible called Psalms, which is all about it's they are they are poems or, mm-hmm. or songs and and I think I you know I don't want to sit here and then it go too far the other way and say oh no all music is okay da, da, da. absolutely again that book the distraction dilemma by Christian Berdal there is such distraction that can come from music and such debauchery and turning away from God all kinds of things but um I think it's just really important to use our, our critical brain and think about yeah. okay but what is what is this actually saying to me? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just a quote that I heard from someone uh, that I that always sticks with me. It's like um, a lot of people, you know, they take um, like a, a Beyonce song and they play it backwards and they're like, "See, she said, hail Satan." But you don't need to play a Beyonce song backwards to know that she's singing about things that aren't of God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, and so I, I think, again, we can just use our use our minds, use our brains. And again, as you're saying, discern 100%. Um, I, I, I agree with you. We, we absolutely yeah. I do to tend discern. to think that Christians like to throw out the baby with the bathwater and we, don't, we get lazy. We don't want to enter into that relational discernment that we should be using mm-hmm. to decide if anything's good or bad for us, whether it's music or food or any sort of um, mm-hmm. you know, anything that we deal with in this day, day and age. Yeah. So... Yeah. But I do want to say this. I am not a rapper <laughs> or an artist or participate in the music industry whatsoever. I'm, I'm a radio host here on Faith FM. And, and um, yeah, music is a hobby for me. And I just thought, hey, I have this cute. It, honestly, it's like a poem that I say over playing, you know, playing guitar. And it's it's something that just really engages people. And it's, it's just a bit yeah. of fun. Yeah, it was great. 
Well, we have some other messages that come in, uh, some really great messages. We have one from Sky saying about the, the story yesterday when you were approached about the drugs. Yeah. I still can't believe the story Lawson shared yesterday at the park. Maybe you stumbled upon some secret club. No one has ever approached me. I have actually been asked more than once if I'm a police officer. Wow, Sky. Yeah. You must have like a, like a strong presence about you. That's great. Uh, Brayden says, but at the end, Lawson, if you use chips... The last little bit is a soggy mess and you can't use those to scoop it up. Excellent point there for Brayden. Brayden, for once we're on the same page. And Sky also says knife and fork is like eating, using a knife and fork to eat haystacks is like using, is like eating uh, a pizza with knife and fork. Agree. Also a good point. Agree. Agree. Uh, I want to say, I want to promote our podcast at this time. If you want to hear that story about how I was walking in Byron Bay and I was wearing a Faith FM (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt and someone come up to me and asked me if I sold drugs or if I knew where to get drugs. And I don't know, I'm just a young person in Byron Bay. So I guess that's how it goes. And then, (laughs) and then when I said no, (laughs) I love their response. They're like, Really? You don't smoke? And I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> but hey, you can, you can listen to the vodcast. Thank you so much for listening to my non-song. That was, that was a banger. <laughs> yeah, that was my rap. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, we've come to the end of the day. Well, yeah. the end of the morning. We have some great programming coming up after this, so make sure we really you do. stay tuned. Keep on listening to Faith FM. This has been The Breakfast Show. What are you going to get up to today, Monica? I'm going to head to work to the RTM op shop if oh. anyone wants to come and listen. You know, yesterday we were talking about books and how there's an increase in bookshops. Do you know what? We've just opened a bookshop in our op shop, so come visit us, 45 that William Street, amazing. Raymond Terrace. Yeah, good stuff. Hey, do you know what? What? I'm going to do the outro. <laughs> Talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. Praise God. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.